think everything has really, all the talks together have led up to this moment, which is to um, invite our next speaker, who's uh, Brother Muhammad Rabbani, uh, who's the International Director of CAGE. Uh, he's also a convicted terrorist. Uh, <laughs> just to cl clarify, he was, uh, for those of you who don't know, he was convicted of not handing over his, uh, his password. Um, and, you know, for good reason, because he was d protecting the confidential uh, information of a client of ours. And so rather than hand that over and potentially allow for our client to be harmed, he stood up against an oppressive law. And so, you know, when, when he gets his conviction and he comes out of the courtroom, you know, let's be honest, white Twitter went crazy because they saw images of people like us clapping and cheering and they couldn't understand it. All these people say, literally on Twitter, tweeting, we don't understand, why are all these people cheering? This guy just got convicted of terrorism. <laughs> but this is the Izza, right, that we feel for doing the right thing. And that's why lesson number eight from Timothy Snyder's book, as soon as I read it, I said to myself, this is Brother Rabbani. Lesson number eight is stand out. And he says, someone has to. It is easy to follow along. It can feel strange to do or say something different. But without that unease, there is no freedom. Remember Rosa Parks. The moment you set an example, the spell of the status quo is broken and others will follow. This is a remarkable lesson. Brother Rabbani is going to speak to us, inshallah, about you know, how we stand out and how we show courage in the face of so much adversity. So, Brother Rabbani, Zakallah Khairan, please. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Alhamdulillahir Rabbil Alameen, Wala Aqibatil Muttaqeen, Wala Aduana Illa Ala Dhalameen, Wa Sallallahu Ala Nabiina Muhammad Wa Ala Alihi Wa Ashabihi Ajma'een. Assalamu Alaikum Wa Rahmatullahi Wa Barakatuhu. In 1964, one night when uh, after work there was a woman going home, 3 a.m. She was working in a bar, and uh, she got home. On the way, uh, she was attacked by a person. The attack continued for a long time. There were people awake at that time, and later police investigations established that at least 37 people witnessed that moment. How many of them intervened and saved her? Take a guess. None. Okay. 37 people actually witnessed this murder taking place. Nobody intervened. In the Quran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, we've heard already from some of the earlier speakers, when you see an evil, you have to act. You have to practically change that evil. It's only if you don't have ability then you speak with your tongue. If you don't have the ability to do that, then hate it in your heart. And that's the weakest of Iman. In the story of the people of the Sabbath, they were commanded by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not to do the, 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 the fishing. And uh, they tried to circumvent the laws. And as you know, Allah's curse befell them. One group of people said, tried to stand up and stop those people from doing wrong. Another group stood up and tried to stop those people from stopping the wrongdoers. They were saying, look, these people are going to be punished anyway. Why are you telling them to stop? And they replied, as you know in the Quran, uh, Two reasons. 
we're speaking out so that inshallah on the day of judgment we will be excused in front of Allah we couldn't physically stop them but we had to at least speak out you know stand up for our ethics and the moral position and make that clear and secondly maybe some will be swayed some will be influenced that's up to Allah if he wants to change their hearts but let us speak let us uphold morality ethics and do the right thing what is it that stops people from taking action what's the number one reason what what comes to mind fear, fear. does anybody have any other reasons why why, why do why do people not act busy I'm going to just take these two things yeah in the in the uh, example of the lady that I gave Kitty Genovese there were psychological studies also done to try and understand 37 people witnessed but they did nothing and other studies thereafter there's a famous study of the Stanford prison, prison uh, experiment you can look it up and several have established that why is it that people don't actually take action and it's these two reasons number one is they're afraid of the consequences that if I was to intervene that attacker may attack me he may see where I live or may do something they'll come up with all sorts of reasons why they shouldn't act secondly is what they call the bystander effect now there's a lot of other people surely someone else is going to do it why, why should I so what we need to do is to cure these two problems if we're going to make any change I don't have a grand plan and solution but I've got a couple of things that we can do and it begins with curing these two issues one is fear and the other one is the bystander effect and the antidote to fear is something called courage that's the medicine that's what's gonna cure um, fear we have hundreds of types of fears how many of them were we born with again there's studies that have been done into this believe it or not how many of these fears the fear of flying the fear of darkness the fear of spiders the fear of losing our wealth the fear of being attacked I mean how many of them were we born with does anybody know we, we were born with some actually two what, what are they perfect we were born with fears and but only two only two fears every single baby has this innate uh, thing inside it fear of loud noise which creates a reflex and fear of being dropped okay where, where it starts to grab onto something everything else every other fear is acquired okay everything else is acquired the problem we've got in our situation right now we have acquired so many fears and most of them are irrational they're not even real some of them are real a lot of them are just cooked up in our head in our mind and this is the way of shaitan that's what Allah tells us this is shaitan creating I mean that, that is shaitan he will inspire fear of his awliya in you don't fear him fear me if you're true believers so and Imam Ibn Qayyim taught us many centuries ago that which you fear will come to control you if you allow yourself to fall into fear of something anything 
That thing will control you. The way of true dignity and liberation is to release yourself from fear of all things except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The three things I wanted to say is um, three steps we can take. And it's very simple. And it all is actually things that you and I can do from now, right now. And it's to do with your mind and your heart. Really. Because that's where the change has to happen. The first thing is we need to inculcate. Create a shift in our thinking. And the shift that we need to create is move away from or build on top of what we already do. Something called altruism. Altruism means what? Brothers, sisters. Selflessness, being generous, caring about others. Alhamdulillah, our ummah, mashallah, is a generous ummah. Its characteristic is rahmah and generosity, compassion. Just in one month, Ramadan, we give a hundred million pounds in sadaqah. Just in one month, only from Britain. We are, mashallah, generous ummah. What we need to do is build on top of that something called heroism. Not just altruism. But heroism. Is it heroic for a person to open up their phone and send off 50 quid to, let's say, a humanitarian charity that's going to give medicine to some people who are dying in Syria? Is that an act of heroism? Well, be brave. Give me the answer. No. Well, okay, depends how much you got. That's a good point. <laughs> well, I would argue even it's not heroism. Why not? Why isn't it heroism? Is it not heroic if you see you're going out the street today and you see that there's someone who's fallen over and you help them up and you, you know, help them on their way? Is that heroic? Why not? Because you're not risking anything. This is the most important thing. We have developed a culture of being generous and compassionate, but to the exclusion of being courageous. But our ummah, prophethood, sahaba, all of this, they're example that we see is one that combines the two being selfless and acting out of compassion for others but in the face of risk in the face of harm when these two combine we're going to begin our way out of this predicament that we see around us so this is number one uh, thing i'm going to quote a uh, professor uh, philip zimbardo he said uh, heroism is different from altruism why where altruism emphasizes selfless acts that assist others Heroism entails the potential for deeper personal sacrifice. The core of heroism revolves around the individual's commitment to a noble purpose and the willingness to accept the consequences of fighting for that purpose. So this is number one. Secondly, we have to... Let me just summarize that into four points. It's got to be selfless, has to involve some form of potential risk or harm. And three, it, it, it can be active or passive. That's the other thing. You can do heroic acts passively. There's a brother I met just here in this event. He told me, I'm going to be uh, leaving my job. I said, why? Because that job is now forcing me to deal with interest. Now, that does take courage because it involves some loss of status and wealth and career prospects and many things. So it's everyday acts of heroism like that that we need to inculcate within ourselves, within our mindset. And the fourth characteristic is, it can also, it can be a sudden act. You don't have to Im imagine yourself that I I'm a hero or superhero and all I do is save people and rescue them. No, we're all ordinary people. 
But all of a sudden, an issue will emerge in front of you. Do the right thing. Okay, be brave, be courageous, and do the right thing. Don't worry about the consequences. Of course, don't be irrational and naive, but also don't be cowardly. This is not from our, from our religion. So, number one is shift the mindset from altruism to heroism. Secondly, shift our role. We heard from Dr. Uthman Latif. We're not like those bystanders of the, of the day of Sabbath that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala talks about. We need to change our role, that we are rescuers, protagonists. We are the heroes of our own story. We keep hearing the society telling us we're aggressors. We keep hearing Muslims we hang around with telling us we're victims. We're neither. You know, we're Muslims with an agenda for change. We have something to give to humanity. We should act from there, from there, from that core belief. So this change, we need to again create. Change the approach, their behavior from one of bystanding to one of intervening based on our moral and ethical principles. And lastly, we need to sh a shift in our approach to social change. Because of some of these mindset issues, our leaders have been uh, promoting a particular approach to social engagement. An approach which is characterized by conforming, complying, and capitulating to society's expectations of the Muslims. This approach has to change, because this approach has not given us anything in the last 15 years. So all, it is responsibility of all of us to speak, engage, also take action right now, yourself. Whenever you see a proposal or an initiative that is always seeking to keep Muslims disempowered, reject that, advise against it, speak to the, your local organizations, your masajid, your ulama, your imams, okay, um, to take action. And the, the direction we want to head is one which is based on fortitude, engagement number one, you have to engage, you can't disengage, but based on adhering to our moral principles, having the fortitude to keep to the path, and not compromising on our principles and who we are. Okay? So we need, to, we need a new political vision. So those are the three things. I feel one of the best verses that, that sums this up is in Surah Ali Imran, There's three things that they're, that they're characterized with. Uh, you know, how many times the prophets, they fought in the way of Allah. And along with them, there were bands of godly men. There were people along with the prophets fighting and supporting them uh, in the cause of Islam, in the cause of justice. And Allah says three things about them in, the, in, in that verse. They were not demoralized about what befell them in the way of Allah. As you heard from Imam Shaqeel, things will befall you. But be courageous and be brave. Do acts of heroism. Let those things come and not deter you. So number one is, they are not demoralized in the way, by the, by the things that befell them in the way of Allah. Secondly, They did not become weak. They did not lose their determination. And thirdly, They did not relent to the oppressors. When it came to facing off the tyrants, they stood firm. They did not relent. They did not give up. Wallahu yuhibbu sabirin. Allah loves those who have sabr. And this, these three things are the definition of sabr. Sabr is three levels. The sabr of the ordinary people is what we hear in Surah Baqarah, 
وَلَنَبُلُوَنَّكُمْ بِشَيْءٍ مِّنَ الْخَوْفِ وَالْجُوعِ And all the rest until the end. The sabr of the leaders who bring change is the one that I mentioned now, this verse. If we want to bring change, you want to change society, take it in a different direction, you have to have this level of sabr. And the sabr of the Anbiya, it's something we will not attain. فَصْبِرْ كَمَا صَبَرَ أُولُوا الْعَزْمِ مِنَ الرُّسُلِ We won't reach that, but we aspire. Okay? May Allah give tawfiq, inshallah. I'm going to finish there. Sorry, I had action points uh, to mention. In CAGE, we try our best to adhere uh, with the support of all of you and our ulama and our elders to advise us. We're trying to uh, actualize some of these values. Um, we are, of course, we need, we need your help. We are appealing to you to join in that struggle. We've got two things today, inshallah, we'd like to invite you to. Firstly is um, register and become a volunteer. You'll be put on a program, inshallah. We're developing a program to train and prepare so that we can take action, organize more actions, inshallah, and change and give, give confidence to the ummah and empower them. So there will, there are, there's a, a, a volunteer sign-up uh, table. Please just you know, share your details and try and at least express, let us know that you're interested. Secondly is tomorrow, you know, there's going to be a big rally, a big demo. We felt it's important that Muslims have the space like this and we set our own narratives. The others, they're doing it and we should join in. So we're looking for 20 brothers to join us in this action. We have, um, we're going to be, like Brother Muadham mentioned, the orange men. Right? We've got jumpsuits, orange. 20 brothers to come forward and uh, sign up for this. You don't have to give a speech. You don't have to go and do anything. You just turn up. Okay? And we will organize uh, within that demo, inshallah. So no fundraising now. Hands up. Who's going to be the 20? Who's going to agree? Bismillah, one. Two. Zakumullah khair, three. Just not for 40 days. Just, uh, to, <laughs> just turn up tomorrow. Zakumullah khair, sister. Okay. Okay, khair. Let me let me first get these twenty brothers. Uh, otherwise, they're going to change their mind. You know, the, you know. There's a the, Dr. Uthman was telling me. You know the story that I mentioned at the beginning, Kitty Genovese. There's a book written about her, thirty-seven witnesses. The last line of that book says, because all of them they saw it and they heard it, what was happening outside, but they never acted. The last line of that book says, "Don't listen to the whispers that are telling you to shut the window." All right. So don't listen to the whispers. We need twenty names, inshallah. Uh, what, 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 what? No, hold on a second. Le Leila? Dr. Leila? Uh, 2 o'clock, inshallah. So that's 4, 5, mashallah. Jazakumullah khair. 6, Allahu Akbar. Hang on, you can't put twice, bro. <laughs> You're going to... Uh, yes, there's going to be Juma there as well, yeah. Okay, good. So let, let me let me uh, stop it. Stop there, inshallah. Uh, don't 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 tell, listen to the whispers telling to close the window. Um, go and uh, go to the back of the table, inshallah, for the brothers who want to sign up, inshallah. We're looking for twenty brothers to join us, inshallah, in that action. Jazakumullah khair. Assalamualaikum. Jazakallah khair, brother Rabani. So you know, it's been a uh, a very insightful evening uh, for me, uh, at least anyway. I'm sure everybody's taken away a lot.
from all the different speeches. I think one of the things that we have to do, I guess as a final thought uh, about the evening, is that we have to turn our view of oppression from the top to the bottom, right? Because what happens is that we get so overwhelmed by the information that we get, right? So this many drone strikes, or this many detainees, or you know, you know, this many uh, migrants drowning in seas, or so on and so forth, right? That we forget human stories are at the cent, at the center of every single one of these. So what we should do instead is we need to change our optics about all of this to think about always when you when you see a statistic like that, don't just think about what the statistic is. Think about what the life of the individual who suffered at the end of that was. And when we think about these people as human beings, we have a much better chance of empathizing with them and moving ourselves to action. Because too often we get caught in this logic of statistics, right? And statistics, by their very nature, are dehumanizing. It removes that human aspect of what we're thinking about, right? So that's, I guess, my last recommendation from this evening. Let's think about human beings, and not just Muslims, let's think about everybody who suffers. And even if it's only one person who suffers it, that one person should be enough to move all of us to action. That is the standard by which we operate. This is the characteristic of the Muslim. This is what we should be inculcating. Finally, really, Jazakumullah khair to all of you so much for taking your evening out to, to spend it with us, to support us and our work. Jazakumullah khair to uh, the, the sponsors Islam 21C for joining CAGE this evening and for providing their words and their wisdom uh, and their and their support, you know, and to all, obviously, to all of our speakers, may, please make dua for all of them. Finally, I'd like to ask uh, one of the uh, imams to come and make dua, uh, inshallah. Um, you guys have got to slug it out between yourselves. Sheikh Shakur, apparently. Oh, right, okay, khalas then, Imam Shakil. <laughs> you got beaten with the imam status. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Allahumma rabb al-nas. نسألك بأسمائك الحسنى وصفاتك العلا تعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم انصر عبادك الموحدين في كل مكان يا رب العالمين المستضعفين في الشام في سوريا في 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 بورما في العراق في اليمن وفي كل مكان وفلسطين اللهم انصرهم ووحد صفوفهم وألف بين قلوبهم يا رب العالمين إنك على كل شيء قدير اللهم عليك بالظالمين اللهم يا عزيز يا جبار دمرهم تدميرا ومزقهم تمزيقا ورد كيدهم في نحورهم يا عزيز يا جبار إنك سميع مجيب قريب وصل وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين آمين